Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 39, Return of the Jedi. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Matt. Hey, what's up, everybody? And Tom. Welcome back. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So welcome back. Hey, thanks. I um, appreciate you guys um, letting me come back on here. I've been uh, had a crazy couple months, moved into a house, had to live with the in-laws for a little bit, getting ready for the house. Uh, it's just been a tricky, tricky few months, but happy to be back and uh, talk some Disney with you guys. Yeah, good. Well, we're excited. Happy to have you back. I I, uh, I did not know the episode title uh, until just now, and so that's. Uh, it's coming, becoming a trend, isn't it? Yeah, and by the and by the time this episode releases, I will have already thrown out a few teasers on our Twitter and then do WDW podcast. So I'll be building up the anticipation. Well, good. So tonight we really don't have a topic because there's so much news to discuss. So we're just going to go through the news and kind of discuss it. But before we do that, let's uh, pause for just a minute to hear from our partner, Destinations with Character Travel. This episode was brought to you by Destinations with Character Travel Agency, where quality, service, and client satisfaction are their top priority. Family time and memory making are so important, so trust the many dedicated and professional travel consultants at Destinations with Character to plan your dream vacation. They will provide you and your loved ones the most magical vacations possible, and they take great pride in meeting each client's needs, all while staying within budget and providing multiple options to make your vacation dreams a reality. With over 30 agents across the country, Destinations with Character Travel Agency has the resources to give each client dedicated one-on-one service. So experience their over 50 years of expertise at Disney parks, cruises, and travel as Destinations with Character Travel Agency takes the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy it to the fullest. Simply give them a call to get started at 630-308-2350 and let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel Agency, making dream vacations come true every single day. You can reach them at their email account, D-E-S-T-W-I-T-H-C-H-A-R at Comcast.net or their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com. All right, so let's go straight into the news here. I guess we'll go park by park and let's start at Epcot since that seems to be where we've got a lot of construction news, a lot of new attraction news. What's up? One of the one of the first bits of news, and we hit on it briefly uh, last week, but we do want to dive a little deeper in there. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy's roller coaster that's coming to Epcot. We mentioned the foundation had been poured to obviously build the support for the building that will be built. But you know, I, I kind of want to see what do you guys expect out of this? What are you looking forward to? What do you want to see? Uh, and then what rumors have you heard? Two words: Rocket Raccoon. Okay. I want to see the Rocket Raccoon animatronic that they have at Mission Breakout in Disneyland. They put that in this attraction. I'm sold. I think it's going to be a great. I think it's going to be a great ride, regardless. I don't think I need an animatronic for it to, you know, really tickle my fancy. But I mean, it, Epcot needs another ride, so I'm happy that it's coming to Epcot, and it should be pretty exciting. And I'm glad it's a roller coaster. And this is going to be the largest indoor roller coaster in the world, I think, when it gets done, right? I believe you are correct, and and. Um... Being that I've ridden a, I've been on an attraction at Disney that literally I only would go back to see the animatronic. I do think that it could move the needle a little bit. Uh, and the, the attraction I'm alluding to is the Navi River Journey. 
uh, the, the the animatronic is really, really, really lifelike there. But uh, a lot of hate in your heart for that attraction. I, I don't particularly care for the attraction, but I do. If I ever do it again, I would do it solely to see the animatronic. So, you know, if if they did have something where they could utilize a far advanced animatronic with Rocket Raccoon, that would be a must see, in my opinion. So, what type of roller coaster is this? Is this a Space Mountain? Is this a Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? Is this a rock and roller coaster? What is it? I would think it'd fall closer to rock and roller coaster, Incredible Hulk style of a roller coaster. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be what I consider a thrill ride. You know, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is thrilling, but I think this will be faster, maybe a little bit more um, like hairpin turns, those kind of things. If you just think about the movies and what they do, I think it's probably going to emulate that a good bit. I'm I'm of a different opinion. I can see this being a very Seven Dwarfs Mine Train esque ride in no. the I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be the exact same, but I think it'll be a tamer roller coaster. I think there'll be some scenes interspersed because this is an important franchise to Disney. Really the first Marvel presence that they're gonna have in any in Disney World at all. And so I think this is gonna be a really story driven roller coaster. So do I hear you saying you think it's gonna be somewhere between Mine Train and Everest? Maybe something like that. I can see it being a tamer ride. I can see there being some animatronics interspersed there. You know, really tell a story. So, a lot of kids we'll love see. Guardians of the Galaxy. A lot of kids love it. So. A lot of kids do. Yeah, but I mean, looking over at Epcot, well, one, I think we all would agree they need this attraction. Maybe not as desperately as Hollywood Studios, which we'll talk some about other later. Some do. But I'm, I am definitely of the opinion that Epcot does have thrill rides. And they'll probably, in my opinion, continue that trend with, with this I, one. I agree. And the lines have kind of been blurred. In the past, you look to Magic Kingdom to have the family-friendly rides. You look to Hollywood Studios to have the more exciting rides. Epcot was not really there. And all that's changed a lot. And you've, you've got Animal Kingdom in the mix, too. And I, I think you're right. I think that Disney is trying to establish a good mix of thrill rides, family-friendly rides, kid rides at all the parks. Because you look at the popularity of Magic Kingdom, a lot of that is derived from the fact that it's Magic Kingdom, yeah. But I think a lot of it is derived from the fact that it it does appeal to that wide variety of people as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, what what else do we have going on in Epcot? So, Epcot, there is a new signature table service restaurant coming to the Japan Pavilion. I have not eaten at the two that are there currently, so I don't really have anything to say about this. I guess if you like Japanese food, get excited. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of with you, Matt. I don't know if I, I agree totally, Pete. I, I don't need to uh, just repeat what you said to hear my voice. Matt, how do you feel about it? I feel pretty similar, man. I, it's food's food's food and food's good. So I like Japanese food. I'll probably check it out. But I mean, probably won't be. I'll wait to hear some reviews. It might not be the first place. I booked my dinner reservation at Epcot. You know, any, I think this is the first of many changes that is coming to World Showcase, right? That's a great point. And, and there's a big one coming. <laughs> With, uh, with Ratatouille being added. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about this. Oh, I'm thrilled. I, I actually was doing some research. Didn't know we were going to do this episode at the time, but I was reading up on uh, some of the construction updates on the Ratatouille attraction. Uh, and the one that, you know, we, we obviously won't have the restaurant that comes with it uh, that, that, that we have at other Disney parks, but the attraction itself seems like it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I didn't realize, I guess, the detail that, that's going to go into this. It plays in that same vein as, not exactly the same, but you look at a ride like Star Tours and that every ride is different. 
Ratatouille is going to be kind of the same in that you're never, you know, because it's a trackless ride system, you're never really going to know where you're going to go in the ride. Right. So that's and exciting. You sh- and, you, and for those that aren't familiar, in Ratatouille, uh, you, you basically shrink down to the size of a mouse. Of Remy, yeah. And you are going through, you know, the fridge and the kitchen and different, and different rooms at the, the size of a mouse. And so uh, everything is massive and in your face, and it's supposed to be, uh, you know, just extremely. What's the word I'm looking for? Fun. No. Exciting. Immersive. Extremely immersive. Immersive. There yep. you go. But not really a thrill ride. But I guess it could be. Now, what else we got? New hotel. Yeah, I got a new hotel yeah. in Upcott. Um, so it looks like it's either going to be behind the seas or directly in front of the entrance plaza. Which which would you guys prefer? As for where they dropped that hotel. We talked about this, I think, when they first announced this. And I think I sent you the picture, Tom, of, I guess it's Disneyland Paris, where the the hotel is right over the entrance to the park. That looks pretty cool. But I don't know, walking through that entrance plaza and seeing Spaceship Earth in the background is kind of such an iconic walk. Uh, I agree. And does Epcot need a third entrance? Does it need a second entrance? Like, really? Would would this entrance be solely dedicated to guests staying at that resort i would i guess if so. you put it if if you put it behind the seas yeah i would think that it would be solely for guests of that resort because that gives them a jump on uh, on getting to soaring that morning it does but really are you having trouble getting to soaring first thing in the morning no no i'm just i'm thinking of the pros and cons i mean i, I you know it's like international gateway you have a jump on going to frozen mm-hmm. so I, i'm just thinking of giving giving the listeners just an idea of where that would be in the park if you can't picture it I like behind the seas personally, but who knows if the, if the theming is right, maybe it'll go there. But if they're looking for a nice hotel, you know, another Grand Floridian or contemporary, something like that, then it would have to. I be think probably like that. Yeah, if if it goes over the entrance, I think it's going to have to be something like that. I agree. And, and Disney's Disney's not going to mess up, you know the the view of Spaceship Earth. Like they they understand the value of that. I don't think I think they'd do something tastefully if they did it in the front. Well, moving on, uh, staying with our Epcot theme of news here. What do you think of the space theme restaurant coming? I, I have seen some stuff recently, and I am excited. It's a restaurant. I mean... I, you guys you guys have no energy toward the restaurants. I don't get, no, I don't get excited about restaurants. New attractions, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. I'm fired up about that. Tron, so excited about Tron. But a restaurant? I don't know. I, I like any, any opportunity we have to spread people out. And yeah, free I mean, that's, up that's the one other dining reservations. I'll, I'll agree with you there, Tom. I and mean, that's a pro. Spread people out, maybe thin out some crowds at dinner time. Especially at Epcot. I mean, but there's so many good restaurants at Epcot. Do you really need another? Because, okay, you've got a space theme restaurant. I don't think they're going to be serving astronaut food to people. So, what's it going to be? Generic hamburgers is, and hot dogs? What is astronaut I mean, food? No, I, I think looking at the the uh, group that will be operating this, I think you, you definitely would expect good food. If there's not astronaut food, I'm not going. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking like freeze dried ice cream and like freeze dried pizza and stuff. No, I'll, I'll pass on that. I, I don't think that would be very successful. <laughs> I don't think so either. But this is going to be constructed between Mission Space and Test Track, and it's it's supposed to feature windows looking out into space. So I don't I don't know what this means. Is it going to be like the panels from pull the panels from Space Mountain when you're in the queue? No, I hope not. That would make me sick trying to eat and, and watch those. That, uh, I'm thinking this is going to be like be our guest, you know, where you've got the snow falling. But mm-hmm. who knows? These could these could be animated windows. 
showing stars and spaceships and that kind of thing. It'll be an immersive ex- experience regardless. That's Disney's buzzword, immersive. It's a new thing now. That, that, that's what people want. Yep. So, and, and finally at Epcot, we've got the Wonders of Life Pavilion is still being repainted. Nobody really knows why. I'm hoping. What do, what do we think? I'm hoping they are firing, they're, they're dusting off the cobwebs and firing up Body Wars and Cranium Command. I sincerely doubt that. I wish they Wouldn't would. Wouldn't that be fun? I Man. mean, I'm sure, Matt, you've got fond wars of Cranium Command, right? I do. I really liked Body Wars. We've talked about Inside Out in the past. This would be perfect for, for that. Yeah, Body Wars is awesome. Body Wars was good. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, it's fun to speculate. I think they're doing something. They typically open the Wonders of Life Pavilion for a variety of festivals and different kind of conferences, and they haven't been doing that lately, which makes me think something's going on inside those doors. We'll see. Absolutely. Want to move over to Magic Kingdom? Yeah, let's 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 move over to Magic let's Kingdom. Take the monorail over. So the the first thing I want to hit, and I, this has been everybody's been talking about this for the past couple of days, and that is the Maleficent fire breathing dragon float catching on fire on when was that may 11th, may 11th? Yep, may 11th. May 11th. yep i mean there's so many videos of this because obviously people are watching the three o'clock parade they're they're taking videos right so there are tons of videos of this and you know she's on fire now it's not a pretty sight and obviously this is one of the highlight floats because it does breathe fire but two it's just a well done parade float and i, I can't you, you can google it and find the video very easily the head of the dragon is completely on fire. I'm shocked nobody was injured. Yeah, nobody was injured. They put it out pretty quickly. They, obviously, they stopped the parade. How did they not have a, a gas valve to, to prevent gas from getting there? Because they were trying to put it out with fire extinguishers from the ground, not even getting near the flame. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But, I mean, I don't think know, they this, thought that was going to happen. No, and it, it amazes me that this hasn't happened. You know, you think of Phantasmic. And the, the fire-breathing dragon in Fantasmic. It's never happened there either. Yikes. Well, that was a... I called Pete right when right when I saw it, and he had already seen it. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Dizzy's got a problem on their hands. So at this point, no news when this float will return. Obviously, it's been pretty extensively damaged due to fire <laughs> <laughs> since it was engulfed in flame. And right now, it's it's been replaced with uh, Princess Aurora and Prince Philip. You know, maybe maybe they'll just uh, maybe they'll bring paint the night over and just do away with the daytime parade and give us a nighttime parade. They need to bring something back. Absolutely. Hit on this last week, just a reminder, since we are going through the news. There is an online lost and found system coming soon. No real updates since we last shared with you. You know, our opinions remain the same. I mean, we we feel really good about the potential here, and and for all those folks that lose things at Disney, it'd be really nice to be able to claim your items online. All right. Some more big news at the restaurants in Magic Kingdom. Three more restaurants have added alcohol. Crystal Palace, Plaza Restaurant, and Diamond Horseshoe. Big, big Kingdom. news. Well, no, I I want to get you guys' opinion on this because we I know we've had discussions in the past on this podcast about Magic Kingdom remaining the alcohol-free park. And now here we go again. I think there's a total of five or six restaurants on at Magic Kingdom now that, that have alcohol. It, it may be seven, Pete. I it, it's Is it uh, that many? Yeah, and and Disney's transition into this, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was of the opinion, I can remember our discussion, that I thought Magic Kingdom should remain alcohol-free because everyone's a kid when you go to Magic Kingdom. That's kind of the premise of the park. And, and it's not like you're going to be getting a beer and walking around the park like you would at Epcot or like you would at Hollywood Studios or even Animal Kingdom for that matter. Right. These are This is still limited to 
you're having a meal, you're having a drink with your meal. But I think it clearly shows the direction that we're going here in Magic Kingdom in the not-so-distant future. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the question is, then, do they add a beer card at Magic Kingdom? Do you, do you get people walking around with a drink at Magic Kingdom? Or is that kind of a hard stop for Disney? I, I don't think it's it's far. I'm, I'm with Matt here. I, I don't see this being far off from the future of them having. I mean, Disney's in you know Disney's in business to make money, make happy memories. But man, they really love making money, and people will buy. I mean, people will buy it if it's out. They'll buy it. Look how popular drinking around the world is at Epcot, and look at all the variety. I mean, when we went to uh, Pandora, the World of Avatar, that area had its special you know specialty beverages that were from Pandora. We didn't try them, but you know people were out. Going there so on purpose to find the uh, the unique drink, so people will definitely uh, it would be a hit. Yeah, it, it it will be, and I think you're right. I think this is the direction that we're going. I think Disney sees the writing on the wall, but I can't help but feel a little bit disappointed about this. I guess Magic Kingdom kind of seemed like the last bastion of sobriety at at Disney World, and and now here we go. I don't know why, because I, I'm not anti-drinking, obviously. I don't have a problem with having a drink, but it, I don't know. Magic Kingdom just kind of felt like that sacred place where it wasn't allowed. And I agree with you there. I, I, I think that, I think most people that you talk to that, you know, go to Magic Kingdom would say the same thing or, you know, frequent Magic Kingdom a lot. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad, but I think it's just the writing's on the wall. It's just going to happen. Because like you said, Tom, everybody's a kid when you go to Magic Kingdom. Yeah, and I mean, I've been to the restaurants that served alcohol and not gotten to drink at Magic Kingdom because mm-hmm. I'm just at Magic Kingdom. That's just that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. But uh, another thing that Pete shared with me this week, uh, staying with Magic Kingdom news, safety video added to Splash Mountain. So this is this is something that Disney's doing on a lot of rides. They've done it at Seven Dwarf Mine Train. They've done it at Soar. Well, Soar and had one. But they are retroactively adding a lot of safety videos. And really the main reason for this is to, to increase throughput on these rides. To get people in, get them fast, you know, get them to know what they need to do before they get ready to get on the ride. So you think this you think this increases their their function overall functionality? I don't I'm not saying that it does. I'm saying that's the intention behind it. How many people really pay attention to the safety video? That's the thing. I mean I Kilimanjaro Safari has had the same one for years, and but how much does it cost? How much does it cost Disney to do this? And if it if it gets fifteen people on faster a day, it's worth it at that point. Yeah, I don't know. This one's in. I I was kind of befuddled at this one. I don't know what is really. I mean, I'm sure someone could figure something stupid to do on Splash Mountain, but well, no, really, the only thing that this is for is to instruct people how many people are going to fit into a log how to pull down your lap bar, how to get situated so that when they get on there, get in the ride, the cast members can just get in there, check, and then they can go. I mean, you guys have been to Magic Kingdom. You know how bad those logs pile up at the end of uh, of Splash Mountain. Yep. And it's because it takes so long to get people loaded on, well, to get people unloaded and then loaded back onto the logs. Mm-hmm. It just takes a long time. So I think this is their way to try to speed up throughput a little bit and, if I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact, but if it has any impact, it'll be successful. I think that's all the the training videos we need to talk about right now. <laughs> that was more that was more than I ever thought I'd hear about training videos and the logic behind them. Well, I mean, it's it, it makes sense. It does. I appreciate that. 
<laughs> Moving along, a couple new rumored Magic Kingdom area hotels coming. Do we need more hotels? I mean, I guess hotels are that popular now. Disney hotels in particular are that popular right now that Disney feels are justified. Put a moderate hotel in that monorail line. That's all I'm screaming. Will they do that, though? Or I mean, I don't, I don't think they will. No. I think it'll be a deluxe hotel because there's no incentive. Yeah, it could be a DVC. Could be, could all, be DVC all DVC, too. too. The, the moderate and the value have the Skyliner now. They do. So I don't, I don't see a moderate or value going on that monorail loop. And in, in fact, these, uh, this hotel might not even be on the, uh, on the monorail loop. We just, we just know that it's going to be in the Magic Kingdom area. Now, there has been a rumored second. You've got Bay Lake Tower at the Contemporary. There has been a rumored second tower at the Contemporary. But I think this is separate from that uh, rumored second tower. You're, you're correct. What was the last hotel? What was the last resort Disney put up? Was it pop? Was it Art of Pop, pop Century and Art, yeah, Art of, of Animation? Animation. You're talking but, about what? Late '90s, early 2000s. Well, they are in the process of building another DVC property. They're renovating Coronado Springs and Caribbean. Well, Edge. with with the Art of Animation, I actually believe that started early 2000s. Uh, they were going to do half. Art of Animation, half like a legacy hotel, and funding kind of like the, the economy tanked, and so they said, oh, "Well, we don't need to finish the other half." Well, I think it was all. I think it was all supposed to be pop, wasn't I it? Don't, I don't. There's a bridge that connects them. The uh, Millennium Bridge connects them. I, I'd have to do my research again. I don't want to misquote, but anywho, Matt, to answer your question, it was mid two thousands. It's it's yes. been a yes, while. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's probably there's a logical time period. You know, the economy's doing well. People are coming back to resorts. I mean. I mean, I think with the profits for the revenues up like fourteen percent or something like that at Disney, right? Well, I'll tell you this: uh, one thing that Disney's doing, and to your point, they haven't built a hotel in a while, Matt. They've really made these good neighboring hotels look appealing, and that may be Disney trying to find and utilize additional space. Yeah, because it is difficult to book the Disney hotel that you want when you yep. want now. We've we've been looking at trips for October, November, and. There have been hotels that just aren't available during the weeks we want to go. So, yeah, maybe maybe these hotels are running close to capacity. Although, I'll tell you, Coronado Springs, when we stayed there on the Mendo Disney trip, felt empty. It did. It did. That was a fun trip. Uh, another, another magic... Wow, really rub it another, in. <laughs> another Magic Kingdom item. <laughs> Disney After Hours. We talked about it last week. Pete and I have shared our opinion on it that uh, we do think it, it'd be fun and worth it, but we did not we did not share pricing with you. And if you buy your ticket early, it's one hundred and nineteen dollars per person for adults. And if you buy it day of, if you could even buy a day of, it does sell out. It's one hundred and twenty four dollars uh, per adult. We do, forty bucks forty bucks an hour. I mean, do you think that's worth it for three hours in the park with a limited number of people? All right, think about Magic Kingdom. Limited amount of people, you're basically walking on to rides. And then plus with the training video, just increasing the throughput. I mean, you'll be able to ride everything. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. No, I mean, I, yes, I absolutely think it's worth it. Think how much you could get done with no lines at Magic Kingdom in three hours. Yeah, I think yeah. you could almost knock out Magic Kingdom. If you're just going for the rides, you could knock it out. Yes, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And the... Th- neat thing here I, I like to highlight is you do get to go in a few hours before the event actually starts, and you do not have to have a ticket that day for to, to purchase this ticket. So 
you could correct. And if I'm doing this, I'm not buying a Magic Kingdom I agree. ticket because I'm not going to Magic Kingdom that day. Well, Pete, take take it back to when you and I went to Disney World and we went to Hollywood Studios, and you know it was the villain night. But I mean, we knocked out Hollywood Studios and everything. Yeah, we did every multiple times. Now you could knock out Hollywood Studios even without a special event in about 35 <laughs> minutes. But um, but but no, you're right. That there was a lot more open there, and and these special events are great for for riding all the attractions that you want with no lines. And it's kind of cool Magic Kingdom. There's, a, there's something really fun about riding Splash Mountain or Space Mountain at nighttime. Like, out of both of those rides, and Big Thunder, too. I mean, those rides, there's something cool about riding at night. And being able to just stay on. Well, not not Space Mountain, but, but Splash Mountain, definitely. They'll let you... These nights are so not crowded that you could theoretically be in a Splash Mountain log by yourself. That's the thing. One one thing I would be interested to know, and I don't know this for any of these hard ticketed events, but a total number of uh, tickets sold. So when we went to Very Mary, it, it was announced as we walked into the park because we, we utilized, oh, actually, we, we went to Magic Kingdom that day anyway, left in the midday. But anywho, they actually announced over a, a loudspeaker that the, ticket, the night was sold out and tickets um, were no longer available. Obviously, highlighting the fact that people were running up to Wil- you know, the, the window trying to buy a day of, and we still didn't see our longest wait was twenty five minutes on Mine Train. I think they cap these things even even lower than they do the Halloween and the and the very merry Christmas. I mean, you thinking five thousand people? No, I I don't think it's that low. But okay, but even if it's fifteen thousand people, think of fifteen thousand people at Magic Kingdom. Yep, that's not a lot of people. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, I, I mean, I know if we three were going, we were trying to do an efficient Disney trip. We would do something like Epcot in the morning, you know, Epcot for the day, buy this ticket for the evening. But we are not we're not trying to do the character meet and greets. We're not we're not trying to look, you know, watch the parades. It's fa- it's fantastic or, after, or nothing. <laughs> well, happily ever, we would if they don't do happily ever after, we would miss that. But I mean, really, that's the only thing that we would look for at Magic Kingdom that may not be offered during yep. this. For a, for a family that's trying to do it, that wants to get that whole experience, see the parades, see the characters, it's probably not worth it. It's I probably agree. just worth going to Magic Kingdom for the day. But for somebody like us, it's just trying to go and, it, and do as many attractions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you, if you have uh, listeners, if you have teenagers, thrill junkies, uh, you know, kids that are, have kind of outgrown that character meet and greet, this is a really good option. And especially if you go on a, especially if you go on a slow night, I mean, there were, there will be sections of the park that are abandoned that have nobody in them. Hey, oh, I have seen question. video of you people there. You guys know what Magic Kingdom's capacity is? I only know this guy just read it. Eighty thousand. Do not know what is one hundred thousand guests. Wow. Christmas. I'm and and they max out Christmas Day. It's miserable. All right. Enough about Magic Kingdom. Let's let's move on move on down the line to our new our our very favorite park. To talk crap about. <laughs> Let's move over to Hollywood Studios. There, there is a there, there is a lot going on here, man. Let me tell you. You can spend a whole couple hours there. Three hours here. Well, actually, right now, you can. But come uh, June 11th, it's going to be tough. So here's some big news. We've we've um, kept you guys up to speed with Toy Story Mania and the closing of a third track is they changed the entrance to Toy Story Mania. Well, if you're going to Disney... Starting May 20th, all three tracks will be back available. I do not know if that means – I, I don't know that FastPass is returning, but I do know all three tracks will be available. Probably not. Uh, and that will be for just a short period because then it becomes 
you know, we're they're really ramping up for for Toy Story Land. So June eleventh to uh, to June eighteenth, they close completely. Reopen June nineteenth. Again, this is just Toy Story Mania, and then the big shebang is June thirtieth uh, when Toy Story Land opens. Now, I will warn you. The entrance will remain the same, which is in Pixar Place, until that June 30th date. Uh, so a lot going on with Toy Story Mania. Remember, they're changing the entrance to the attraction, and so they've had to close that third track to allow for, for construction and, and work. And I, I want to kind of clear something up because I was really confused about this too. A lot of people seem to think that the entrance to Toy Story Land is going to be at the end of Pixar Place, kind of where Toy Story Midway Mania is now. And it's not. Correct. Yeah, that Pixar Place will be no more. The The area will remain uh, the same, but it'll be the back of Toy Story Mania now. There will be no Pixar Place sign anymore. And I'm not totally sure what they're going to do theming-wise there. Now, at the end of that, is that where you can go into Galaxy's Edge? I would think. Well, when you when you go back there, they you used to be able to take a left. You could go over to is it like the Muppets Courtyard area and and start making your way toward Star Tours. Okay, yeah, you're right. So that is that is where Muppet where where Muppet Vision is is now Grand yep. Avenue. Grand Avenue is going to be the entrance to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Correct. So and then the entrance to Toy Story Land is actually going to be before you go down. So kind of behind the it's, uh, it's behind, behind the, the Voyage of Little Mermaid. Correct. I mean, it's it's directly behind the theater, so it's before. If you were walking past Pixar Place, you would not make that left at Pixar Place. You would yeah, just so it's behind Voyage of Little Mermaid. And yep, and that's where that's where the entrance to to Toy Story Land is. Uh, another thing uh, happened with Hollywood Studios, and it's of course in regards to Toy Story Land. Not sure if you guys saw it, but Disney chose the early last week or late the week prior, out of nowhere, just to blast us with Toy Story Land advertisements you've seen it if you've watched any of the disney-owned tv networks and any good morning america type show it was a full court press to get people ready for toy story land so i'm a little concerned uh, on the throughput of the attractions they don't they're not they don't move masses of people and so when those do open i've really anticipated some seriously long lines uh, especially with the advertisement i think disney could be putting themselves in a little bit of danger here uh, because you got to understand, these rides are going to be opening. There's going to be problems. That happens with any attraction. And they are... Yeah, look at Frozen. Correct. I mean, it still goes down the, multiple times. Yeah. I mean, well, not only does it go down, but look at Maelstrom. Look at how many guests per hour Maelstrom could handle. And they did not increase that when they put Frozen in there. So you saw three-hour waits for that ride when it opened. I think we're going to see the same thing with these rides. It was something I guess I wasn't totally aware of, but in some research I found that they do not move a ton of people at a time. So toy and 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 remember this too, Toy Story Mania is the focal point of Toy Story Land. Just just because we've had it for a long time, we've got two new ride, two new attractions coming. Their whole plan all along was Toy Story Mania to be the the main attraction, the most popular attraction. Yep. So one final piece of news for Hollywood Studios, and then we'll. We'll move on. Uh, the Great Movie Ride is still closed. Disney still has made a very poor decision there. Horrible choice. So, has not reopened. Well, let's uh, move on to more serious things. We're going to go to the gen. Uh, just our, we, we like to categorize this as general and resort news. Looks like Bob Iger has confirmed Disney looking at additional countries for other Disney parks. Shanghai, Shanghai Disney has been a success, although attendance hasn't been quite what they projected. 
It looks like overall parks and resort revenues up 13%. Disneyland Paris has, has been renovated and, and is really successful along with Hong Kong and both have it contributed to the increased income. We, we were talking off air, are there, are there other opportunities in China? Obviously, there's some factors that would play into that, political and you know economic stability, spinnable income and, and infrastructure. But I think Asia is, is a major growth market for Disney. It, it's the biggest population in the world, right? Yep. So I, th- I think there's a lot of opportunity there for Disney to grow. I don't really know of anywhere else. I mean, you, you couldn't put another park in Europe. I, you really could. You really don't have room for another park in the United States at this point. Definitely not. Definitely not. These, I mean, these parks are major investments. You know, I, I, I don't know. I still think it's a few years off. As much as Disney's doing right now, I mean, they're doing massive overhauls at Disneyland as well. So I think they're they're really focusing on their domestic market here and improving what we have here. And, and understand, Walt Disney World is a global attraction. People visit from all over the world uh, to go to Walt Disney World, and they they need to make sure that that is that continues to you know kind of be the leader of their fleet. And I think you you've seen some folks here believe Shanghai has far more advanced attractions, and I think Disney's trying to to do something about that. Yeah, I think I think so too. I think this is Disney Disney World and Disneyland are always going to be the flagship resorts, but it seems like there's so much opportunity in Asia for them to to grow. There's such a big audience there. Obviously, Disney's been successful in Tokyo. Disney's been successful in Shanghai. So, I don't, I don't know. Maybe another park in China. Maybe Korea. Maybe another park in Japan. There's just a lot of there's a lot of opportunities there. So we'll we'll continue to watch this. But again, park uh, park revenue is up. And as long as park revenue continues to be up, Disney's making money, they're good to go. Absolutely. It'll happen. Absolutely. Any comments on that, Matt? Uh, no, I probably won't be going to these Disney worlds in other countries. So I'm going to focus on Disney world. Uh, you know, you say that, but I, but I priced a trip to Shanghai Disney and it's not that expensive. The real, the real killer is just the time to get there and the time to get back because you're talking Really, four days of flying. By the time you lose a day and and fly, it's a long flight. Well, what else do we have? I know we're we're getting here toward the end of the news. The race that you talked about last week, Star Wars. Yeah, the Star Wars race that you talked about last week got a little bit more information about this. It's going to be a five k, ten k, and a half marathon. As we discussed last week, there will be the opportunity to run for the. Rebels or run for the dark side, I, I guess, or run for the light side or the dark side. However, they split that up. No real word on what that's going to say. But I also read something about a virtual run that Disney's doing where you kind of run on your own. I don't know if it's an app or how exactly it works, but you run on your own and you kind of finish it whenever you, whenever you can. I, I may be down for the, the virtual marathon if I don't actually have to even run. I mean, is there a way I can do it like on I mean, a video you, game? you would have to run. No, you'd have to run still. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, th- th- this has been wildly successful for Disney. So the more runs, races, and uh, different events they continue to add on, people will continue to uh, c- continue to attend them. The uh, last bit of news, and th- this is probably one of my favorite news uh, news items this week. Uh, looks like there's preloaded Fast Pass Plus and one day one park tickets. So essentially, Disney's offering a program that allows you to purchase a one-day ticket uh, at, at the same price as a standard ticket, 
But the catch here, you have to use it the day after you purchase it. Uh, so we all know Disney tickets in general, when you buy a regular park admission, you have quite some time to use them. But with this new option, what Disney's doing is it's almost like they're they're helping you plan a trip, you know, a trip a day before, and they may be actually yeah. putting feelers out uh, as to what they could charge for FastPass Plus options in the future. So they're trying to appeal right now with with these tickets to last minute. Hey, we're we're coming to the park, kind of people. I, I will tell you, and I can list them off real quickly. That there's multiple options or tiers, I guess. At, at a variety of parks, and, and it's the same price. Uh, but Magic Kingdom, for example, has three different options. And the first one's the party futuristic and frightful fun option, which is Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin, Haunted Mansion, and Tomorrowland Speedway. Those are your three preloaded fast passes. Uh, they have a whimsical escapades that's under the sea, uh, Journey, of, Journey to the Little Mermaid, uh, Winnie the Pooh, and then Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Uh, and they have like Pint Sized Adventure, which is the bar. Uh, Barnstormer, Magic Carpets of Aladdin, and Pirates of the Caribbean. None of those. Okay, but you do not get to choose what fast passes they're preloaded with. Is, is I guess the point. You of that. buy the option. Yep, yeah, you buy the option you, that has you, them. And and right now, this doesn't cost anything extra over a regular price ticket. Correct. Right now, you know, in Epcot, you know, it, going through basically, and I don't want to. There's, you know, you can you can look this up and look at every option. I don't want to bore you reading them, but. You, you don't see Soren. You don't see Test Track. You don't see anything from Pandora. You don't see any of the popular rides at any of the parks, Correct. I guess, is, is is the big thing. Now, so it, there's no Space Mountain, no Splash Mountain, no Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, no Pandora. No Kilimanjaro Safari, no no Everest. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. you do get Dinosaur in one of them, but it's it's not really... Here, here's my take on it. In my experience is going to Disney, you can get the Fast Pass that they're offering on this preloaded Fast Pass the day before. There's not sometimes, not in the summertime. Yeah, but there's no Peter Pan. I mean, it, these aren't high demand fast pass. There's no Jungle Cruise. I mean, it, I Correct. I, I'm not a huge fan of, of this. I wouldn't buy this option uh, if, if I'm giving anybody advice or they're thinking about it. Well, it's it's free, so it's not like it's costing you anything extra right now. But well, let me say this: I would not want those preloaded fast passes. Now, if they had one that was, you know, a Space Splash and Jungle Cruise or something, or Peter Pan or Mine Train, maybe. I, and I guess the question for me is: Do you have? Do they give you times with these fast passes, or can you just use them whenever throughout the day? Yeah, the, the two questions I have, <clears throat> and I could not find it, is the times, time selections, and number two, can you make f- additional fast passes afterward? Yeah, that w- that was my other question too. Because okay, you get three fast passes. Well, can you switch them? Can you get on the app and switch them after you buy your ticket? Can you? I mean, again, you can you can just buy a regular ticket and make your own fast pass reservations. It really doesn't matter, right? But yeah, I I agree. This isn't my favorite thing that Disney's done. Really, kind of, seems kind of pointless because most of these attractions, you're right, you're not going to have a, a tough time getting a fast pass for. And most, in fact, a lot of these rides, there's not even going to be a line for. Well, Pete and Matt, I think that uh, wraps us up for uh, for the news. Again, it was a lot of it, but uh, of course. Can't go without the secret and trivia question of the night provided to us by the Jedi himself, Matt. And we are so excited for his return to the podcast. Uh, but starting with the secret, did you know you can only meet Beast from Beauty and the Beast in one place now? Uh, formerly, you could find him uh, throughout the Disney parks at Walt Disney World. But since he has opened his own restaurant, you will not see Beast at Stepfoot in any other park again. 
Uh, the only place you will find him is in the Be Our Guest restaurant in the Disney World's Magic Kingdom during dinner time. Uh, you can meet him at dinner time, and that's where he resides. I mean, he's he's, he's at his house, and he and he walks through the dining room about every 15 20 minutes or so during dinner time yep he, he's hosting uh hosting you guys so that's the only place you can find him uh, i want to hit the trivia from last week and then the uh obviously the new trivia question for this week trivia from last week we were discussing uh remember the not so scary and very merry christmas parties uh, when they were first held at the magic kingdom and how much they were per ticket i think we were joking about how early not so scary started in this upcoming year but uh anywho what was the first year Mickey's Not So Scary Party was held at the Magic Kingdom? That was 1995, and it was held for one evening, only on October 31st. So, uh, you know, where it starts in August now and is multiple times a week. In 1995, it was one evening, and it was, remember, we were asking for the price of tickets, sixteen ninety-five a person for the ticket. So, Jeez. missed those days. And then our bonus question was the first year of the Very Merry Christmas Party. That was 1983. Uh, and it was, again, one evening in 1983. That surprised me. I, I had no idea the Very Merry Christmas Party was that old. Yeah, I didn't know it had gone on for that long either. <clears throat> but, anywho, thank you for everyone participating. Again, you can submit your answers on Men Do WDW Podcast. That's it, uh, on Twitter.com. Or you could uh, email us at WDW at gmail.com. Okay. We got a trivia question for this week? Uh, we do. What is the oldest attraction of Magic Kingdom? What is the oldest attraction? So obviously it's going to be one of those originals. But what is the oldest attraction in Disney World's Magic Kingdom? Uh, like I just I'm, said. I'm guessing it's not Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Not Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. You can tweet us at WDW, uh podcast, or you can email us at WDW at gmail.com. And one last reminder, we have to wish all the mothers out there that listen a happy Mother's Day. Uh, while we are recording Mother's Day, we realize the episode will release slightly later than that. But... Did want to uh, wish everyone a happy happy Mother's Day, and I hope your weekend and time with your family was fantastic. Hopefully you spend it at Disney World. There you go. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and close it out. That's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.